0: Have you ever felt like banishing a player to the astral sea for insisting your rule interpretation was bogus?
1: Players, have you ever felt frustrated that a 19 on a perception check only tells you that there may or may not be something there? Circle of spores, druids. Tired of people being grossed out by the word spores? Then this is the podcast
0: for you. Where we take a hard look at the rules of the game, the reality of the table, and the role of the dice to solve D and D's most heated arguments. This is
1: raw and order. Dum dun, dun Episode twenty. Yeah,
0: episode Yay! twenty. Twenty. Twenty.
1: You've been I, practicing. I'm so I, I, proud.
0: Well, you know, I wanted to impress you.
1: You're going to sound great in Chapter 2 when you <gasps> record Chapter 2. No, so. Chapter 2
0: takes place in Russia.
1: You're right. We sh- so. And I know you have a great Russian accent, oh, so I'm definitely not that. worried about that. <laughs> 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 well, wow. I'm on location today, Joe. I'm,
0: you're, I'm, you're in a location, that's for I'm sure. I'm
1: in a location, aren't we all? But uh, <laughs> I'm coming I'm coming to you live from New Mexico visiting my sister
0: so oh, is it so far
1: so far it's been fantastic i haven't seen her in like a year and a half so we definitely that's right. like when when we first saw each other we didn't hug because i had just come from the airport and so literally the first thing i did was go and take a shower and then we hugged for like five minutes so <laughs>
0: <laughs> awkward uh that's adorable yeah, um, we're pretty cute is the weather nice is it like it's so hot. <laughs> oh, so it's beautiful. My God. It, I mean, it is beautiful,
1: but it's like 95 degrees outside and it's like mm-hmm. a dry heat. And oh my God. <laughs>
0: I love it. Are there scorpions everywhere?
1: Not. I haven't seen any yet, Okay. but I'm sure I will. We're going to go to Santa Fe tomorrow, which I'm pretty Ooh. excited about. So,
0: Do you know yeah. the way to Santa Fe? <laughs> is that a song should yes, i know that i don't know do you, you know the way to... okay uh oh no it's san jose i lied okay there we go we never our pop culture references are always wrong they're always wrong always I mean, very wrong so
1: you recently got into my car because we went garage sale shopping this past weekend oh, yeah. and so you know that i am still listening to early 2000s music okay 100 so you're well aware of that and i have never yeah. evolved a, past a, that and that is what i will listen to for the rest of my
0: life that is so, <laughs> i'm i'm worse i had i where was i recently i i was somewhere and I was hanging out with people and I was like, let me put on some. Oh, it was before our d d session on uh, Monday. And I'm like, oh, let me put on some music. It was before you got there. And I was like, yeah, let's put on something chill, whatever. I have put on Pat Benatar. And I'm like, this is like 40 <laughs> years old. <laughs> Why am I playing this? Oh, uh,
1: for our, For our listeners, when Joe got into my car... Um, I'm bringing sexy back. Was playing,
0: mm-hmm. so if you want to, it's just to know. called sexy back. Actually, oh
1: yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: but you are bringing it back.
1: I am always, always in forever. Yeah, I never lost it, so there's nothing. This to is back.
0: accurate. Yeah.
1: Well, we're we're bittersweet today, aren't we?
0: <sighs> so, you know what? Let's talk about some of the sweet. We have Hunter on, which usually we save our guests to like the very end of the intro. But yes, I'm so excited, Hunter. Me is back. too. So. This is going to be a great episode, obviously. Um, but yeah, we have. This is going to be our last episode for the summer. I
1: know. Yes. Yeah, so this is going to be our season finale, season one. Raw on order comes to a Yay. close after this episode. We'll be back. Uh, um, maybe like midsummer, maybe yeah, in fall. Who knows? who knows? We'll probably get bored and be like, we should probably pick that up again, <laughs> right? Um, I think that this will give us like a really good opportunity, though, to like build up our cache of questions and yes. discussion topics and cases so that we will come back and we'll be rearing and ready to go
0: <laughs> I'll be de- I'll be rearing the rearing whole time rearing
1: all oh, the time
0: rearing. Rearing? I thought you said rearing for a second I was like what what's, oh, what's
1: the word it's like rearing 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 and ready like, to go like revving okay I don't know you guys are going to miss this aren't you us trying <laughs> to learn the english language one word at a time <laughs>
0: And then me doing German accents that sound Indian. So, you know, that was purposefully Indian that time. Yes,
1: I I understand. Um, But... He's doing that because if you haven't already heard, Ugh. we released the audio and the written version of chapter one of Rumspringa of Deception. So go check it out on our Twitter. Go check it out on our Facebook. I have put the links out there for the PDF so you can read it yourself mm-hmm. in whatever accent you so choose.
0: It's so um, good. It is so good.
1: I'm, I'm like our, really proud of it. I don't mean our
0: rendition of it is not great, but it's just so, it's, it's actually like I want to know what happens. So well done, Anna. <laughs>
1: I want to know too and I'm writing it so I mean I guess I'll just know as it comes to me
0: Yeah, in the dreams the very end the my... last paragraph is is it Joseph getting arrested for bestiality <laughs> that's I just want to know chapter 34 Joseph yeah. gets arrested <laughs> and, and like it's it, that's the second book that's that's, <laughs> that's the sequel that's yep. uh, prison breaker of deception yeah <laughs> <laughs> Rum
1: springing you out of jail. There you go.
0: I tried to do that because I'm like springing (laughs) out and then it didn't work. It's been... It's been a day. I've I've been, a, it's I've been, been a writing day. too much farm music lately. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I loved that you put music to our reading of that chapter. Well, that was, that was so extra and so necessary at the same time. 100%. So, it really absolutely. gave
0: a lot of mean a, a lot of like oomph behind the story of how um what's her face? The mom was trampled by Traveled a horse. Trampled
1: by a horse? That is the fault of one of the family members. Drama.
0: So drama. drama. We think you never, listen, this story could go anyway. So You're right. anything could
1: happen. It could have been magic that released the horses. Oh,
0: okay. Let's let's save Rum. We'll, we'll put
1: that to bed for now. Um, you'll get chapter two when we get to 600 followers. Yeah. So tell your friends about this. Um, even though we're going on summer hiatus, Um, We'll still we're still planning on releasing some raw school episodes this summer, and um, I know we teased a little bit uh, at the end of last episode. But Joe, do you want to talk a little bit
0: more about what we're? Oh my god! God. I kind of cooking. All right. Well. Should we just, should we just give it, give it up? Should I just expose the. Let's do it.
1: No better time than the present. Okay. This is the last time Ron order speaks until like August. Right.
0: Okay. So I should say maybe we'll preface because if, if for some reason it doesn't happen. Right. We're going to look really stupid. So I will say. (laughs) Our plan. Our plan is. So what we've been exploring is. A live play podcast. Ah, I'm so excited! Yeah. Um. Uh. Yours truly will be, be DMing, and yours truly pointing to Anna will me, be me. a player. Me truly. Yeah. Um. And we're gonna be maybe bringing in some. Uh, One uh, or two, maybe familiar voices that you've heard.
1: I love how you said maybe bringing in like our other option is that you're DMing for literally just me. (laughs) Just Just you and me in a game where you play all the NPCs and I play all the PCs. I would listen to that, honestly. (laughs)
0: 100%. Because I talk like this. And I would talk like this. (laughs) Oh, let me guess. Is that Bob the human fighter? Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Now you know this is Bob, the human fighter. <laughs> I've works just in come accounting. from my day job as an accountant, <laughs> and um, I'll be using this regular sword with no that's magical ability. <laughs> that's
0: actually the—that's actually what Anna is playing. So you guys should stay—you know—just stay, you know, just stay tuned. tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. <laughs> um, and I'm so
1: excited. I really yeah. hope that it comes together. Um, I think the the folks that we have planned for, to join us right now are. They're they're into role playing and oh, yeah, they're semi experienced as far as I know, so yeah. it should it should make for a really good
0: summer. I'm fun, excited, a fun uh, project. Yeah, so like our plan is that we're gonna record. Hopefully, um, in the next few weeks, we're gonna start recording. Um, it's gonna take uh, some editing work, and I I'm also gonna write some music for it um, and try and just make it kind of sound good and then the goal is to start releasing episodes maybe the end of summer when we just as we start to come back to raw and order so yeah it's really exciting i have so uh you've heard us talk about andy on the podcast my friend andy um Mm -hmm. who i do my other podcast with anna you know him um uh, Andy is going to be sort of my co-creator in this in this in, in this story in the world so you guys have like a little taste of like sort of what it's like what you might be encountering but you don't actually really know yet and it's so much fun to keep those details from you so
1: I mean I'm really excited about this project because so far what we've done is kind of throw around like, the big picture concept which i'm not going to share here because i don't want to give too much away but i'll tell you that i'm so excited because it could go a million different ways and all of the ways that i'm imagining it are going to be so much fun to let's just let's just
0: let's just give it we're doing a pretty pretty princess role-playing game (laughs) (laughs) do you remember that board game
1: you always make insane references of things i like oh i forgot never, right because you didn't done. like grow up in the is it United like States? my little pony like is that no.
0: no so so pretty pretty princess was this game where like you moved around a board and as you moved around you got like a crown
1: and Prettier? a necklace Are
0: yeah that... and earrings and like you had like more on. princessy yeah
1: oh my gosh
0: so we're gonna be princesses. i would play that <laughs> um no it's not that, but it's it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of like improv humor and yes. it's going to be just wacky. We're going to aim for like short bite-sized episodes that you can consume, um, you know, just like in, in one sitting. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I'm so excited.
1: Ooh. Me too. Me too. It's going to be great. I hope it comes together. Um, I know that if it comes together, it's gonna be a ton of fun.
0: Yeah. So yeah. Just Look at us. we are, dare I say we are moguls? Like, granted, we're not making a cent <laughs> off of any of this, but we have we have one and a half podcasts together. We're about to start a second. You're writing a novel that I'm Roscoe scoring. It's
1: totally a full podcast, okay? I would well, say we have two podcasts.
0: It's like so. in the same feed as Ron Order's. All so
1: right, or you know? fine. One and a half. Yep.
0: Baby, I'm a mogul. Mogul. I'm a mogul. <laughs> I don't. I think we're us and our twenty listeners are taking the world by storm. So, come at me, bro. Come at. I'm me. a mogul. I'm a mogul. mogul fucking mogul. <laughs> <laughs> well, any anything fun planned for summer? For summer? Yeah. I mean, I'm
1: I'm excited to go back to our Harry Potter game this summer. <gasps> I know. Um, I'm obviously excited about this project and um, other than that, you know, I just want the summer filled with like being outdoors mm. and then when I'm indoors playing D&D. Yes,
0: 100%. <laughs> Can we
1: play D&D outdoors? Yeah, just of we course. Go LARP and like.
0: Well, oh, well. No. You, I or mean, just
1: like sit outside mm, and play D&D because you know that would what, be super I, fun yeah, too. Yeah.
0: Why don't, why don't in an hour, why don't I meet you uh, downtown full costume? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll meet you there. Oh, you're not here. You're in yeah. New Mexico. Yeah. So why don't you go and da- I'll be you there. <laughs> I meant downtown Santa Fe. <laughs> 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 um uh yeah, I'm going to I'm heading back to New York for 2 weeks. I'll be Ooh, the first time fun. I've seen my family in like a year and a half, 2 years. So yeah, it'll be it'll be nice. It'll be
1: awesome. Well, should we get started with our episode? Ooh, Hunter's here. Yay!
0: Let's go. Let's go see Hunter. Okay.
1: Oh yay. the Honorable Chief Justices Joe and Anna and Associate Justice Hunter of the Supreme Court of D&D. All persons having business before this court are admonished to draw near, give their attention, and pause the friends reunion for the court is now sitting. Yay, yay they get better back,
2: every episode So <laughs> what? They get better every episode. I didn't think you'd be able to top Matt Gates, but I think I like this one more.
0: Hunter. Everybody's
1: so obsessed with it.
2: I'm not. Um,
0: I never liked Friends. I'm sorry.
2: What? I, okay. I'm... Well, it's been fun okay. recording. I think I'm gonna go now. Bye, guys. <laughs>
1: Hunter is my new co-host.
2: <laughs> I mean, you know what? Oh, you're getting it, kicked off.
0: Okay. It, it it would be it would be as good if not better. I'll just
2: say. <laughs> so Hunter, welcome back welcome to the back. show. Thank you. I'm happier to be here because we gotta one up the other one. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Every time <laughs> that's episode, unfortunate because we started we started pretty strong, so and then now we're here. Okay, we gotta like
1: turn it up I to don't know. eleven.
0: Exactly. Um, okay. Well, you all know Hunter if you are true fans of the mm-hmm. podcast and listen yeah. to all the episodes. <laughs> so um, we're gonna we're gonna dive right into some to some fun questions. Let's How get to our sound? cases. Mm-hmm. Okay, the court will hear doodling, two cases today. The first case: vicious mockery versus gelatinous cube slash ooze. Can the cantrip vicious mockery, which requires the target to be able to hear an insult, be used on creatures such as gelatinous cubes and oozes, or are they immune?
1: And before we get started with this question, I just wanted to give credit to the person that sent me the question, which is uh, one of our Twitter followers called D Wolfsbane. Um, she is one of our future guests. She, she wasn't available for this season, but when we start up again next season, um, we're all, we've already got her booked. So keep an eye out (laughs) for that episode, but she did, uh, send me this question and I thought it was really interesting. So here we are.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So maybe we should start by like reading vicious, vicious Mockery. mockery. Um, okay. So. The cantrip says it's available only to bards, uh, which makes sense. It says you unleash a string of insults laced with subtle. Oh, that's okay. You unleash a string of insults laced with subtle enchantments at a creature you can see within range. If the target can hear you, though, it need not understand you. It must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or take 1d4 psychic damage and have disadvantage on the next attack roll it makes before the end of its next turn so you you're a bard you sling an insult at someone you smell like poo that's not a very <laughs> good insult and <laughs> side note and, my bard just picked up the skill i'm very
1: excited
2: oh, to use it oh, oh it's so okay. much fun it it's like
0: one of those th- one of those flavor things that for a bard when you're playing is actually absolutely so much fun um so yeah okay what are our thoughts on this? What Do you guys have thoughts?
1: I did. Hunter, would you like to start?
2: Sure. Uh, first, when I first read through this spell, like just looking through everything for this episode, I read Subtle Enhancements. And I, I, th- I,
0: that's why I stopped reading. Yeah. <laughs> I, I read the same thing.
2: <laughs> I, I thought the bard had gone to the wrong side of the internet. and I just, <laughs> The little blue um, bard pill. <laughs> so, um, so initially when I, when I was first looking through this, I looked for languages that the gelatinous cube, like knew and understood. Um, and you know, the more I looked into it, it was like, it doesn't need to understand you. Uh, so I was like, ah, well, I guess it would affect it because as long as it can like perceive what you're saying, but then I started looking into gelatinous cube a little bit more and it's immune to being deafened. Exactly. And my inference my my inference brain that I haven't used since I dropped out of college turned on and I was <laughs> like, "Hey, uh if it's immune to being deafened, maybe it can't hear in the first place." Um and if that's the case, then you know, it it's blind beyond a certain radius which right. means that it can't perceive beyond a certain radius, plus it's immune to being deafened. I think it's unlikely that it can even un- like, comprehend that something is being shouted at it. I don't think noise really is a sense that it can perceive, if that makes sense. So I don't think vicious mockery would do anything.
1: Yeah, I, I came to the same conclusion, and for pretty much the same reasons. I mean, when I was looking up the gelatinous cube... It's not just immune against being deafened. It's immune against being blinded or charmed or frightened, which I'm like, okay, so it not only can't hear me, it has no personality to insult. So like (laughs) (laughs) it's immune against this cantrip. And so the vicious mockery, the language in the actual cantrip says, if the target can hear you, right? So there's already an implication that whatever you're aiming it at must be able to hear you, which means at 60 feet, um, if you're not shouting the cantrip, you like <laughs> whisper it or something like that. Even if people can hear you, um, if you had shouted, it's not going to work because the target can't hear you if you whisper, right? Like that's the implication there. So mm-hmm. for gelatinous cube, for ooze, I came to the same conclusion. I was like, if it can't be deafened, then it probably couldn't hear to begin with. And if it can't hear you, vicious mockery can't do anything to it.
0: Joe? I don't... Not only can it not be de- it doesn't have ears. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it doesn't have, it doesn't like oozes and gelatinous cubes don't have ears. They don't have eyes. They don't have brains. The, the, mm-hmm. the, the DM's guide literally describes them as like mindless and they're kind of just like, they just move. They're like just this unrelenting force that just moves along and it's just sort of literally sucks up anything it can and like reaches out and grabs things. So mm-hmm. I think it kind of makes sense that it can't hear. Right, um, and I think that that's that's absolutely correct because it lacks those it, it, it lacks those facilities to be able to even perceive. Um, now I've I looked a lot at this and I was trying to see specifically like okay can I get a better answer? Um, but a lot of people are kind of like oh, just let your bard do it. It's <laughs> fun and it's like ah yeah. DM discretion. <laughs> um, um,
1: well, frankly, I'm putting the phrase gelatinous cube in my back pocket to use as a vicious mockery insult because if I I call somebody else nothing but a gelatinous cube that has no personality and is just a blob, I mean, I feel like that's fantastic.
2: That's (laughs) brilliant. Tucking
1: it away into my insult bag.
2: Mm. I personally opt for you're being such a McConnell right now, but... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, wait,
0: wait, I don't understand.
2: What's the difference? Once I know they look the same they sound the same it's crazy
1: or a and d monster <laughs> <laughs> oh no so this
0: oh, this boy. this invites the question can Mitch McConnell be affected by vicious mockery Ooh. and I feel like it would be really like it would be stealing something if he couldn't be because if this was the real world that's all I would use yeah. <laughs> yes um so this this is an interesting question but it makes you like it it makes me the dm like think about okay like yeah what are other creatures able to perceive generally speaking because there's a lot of abilities that rely on sight or rely on you know being able to hear something or whatever and the one thing i noticed is that like unless you have the well and i don't even think the description in the dm's manual states specifically whether they can hear but Like, should monster stat blocks provide more information if spells are going to go to this level of specificity and say the target must be able to hear? And, like, so in in a circumstance like this, should the spell block for gelatinous cube specifically say it does not have ears? Or is that just sort of assumed because it's immune to being deafened?
1: I mean, it would probably be a lot more work to fix mm-hmm. every monster to be able to like Boom, assess ho, which spell it applies to, right? Versus <laughs> maybe the fixing the, the language of vicious mockery to be like the creature yeah. must have ears or something like that. Yeah. And so if it doesn't specifically say it has ears, then you assume that it doesn't. Like
2: or I, I think opposite. that there's I think there's a certain set of assumptions that the entire guide makes that Every creature has the same five senses as a humanoid, or, or like we in the the real world have, sure. right? Mm-hmm. And I think that it wouldn't be too much to ask for exceptions to be included, rather than just including a blanket rule in every single stat block, right? So rather than saying this creature has all five senses, sure, you know, yeah. just. You know, because all stat blocks have a senses tab, you know, even in the gelatinous cube, it's condition immunities, senses, challenge rating, right? Mm-hmm. Senses include things like blindsight, tremor sense, passive perception, things like that. So I think, and you'll even see this in like languages tab on certain creatures, it'll say can understand but cannot speak blank mm-hmm. language. I don't right. think it would be too far to say, you know, gelatinous cube cannot see or hear, you know? Right. There is something right. to that effect. Because uh, you but, can be immune to being deafened due to some magical
0: exactly, factors, yeah. right? Yes.
2: Yeah. Exactly. It doesn't necessarily mean that you will have no sense of hearing. That's an inference that we as GMs make, but it's not necessarily correct according to the language in the book. Because according to the language in the book, there's no reason Vicious Mockery would not Wouldn't work against know? this, right? right. Yeah. Complete like, side you have note. To infer.
0: Right. Complete side note. When you mention the languages thing, so for, so for ghosts and like undead things, it's like languages. Ones it ones it knew when in its former life, whatever. And every time I read that, I'm like, oh, this ghost was a person. <laughs> and I'm just like, and then like when I'm when I'm playing and I'm like bad, I'm like, oh, I wonder what language this person would have known. <laughs> and, and then can it's I like, just say,
2: sorry, go ahead. Please.
0: No, and then, and then it's like you're battling, and it's like, okay, well, this person understands infertile. And then what if one of your characters starts speaking it? Does the zombie go, <laughs> like, Like, react? <laughs> I don't understand. Like, why would they even?
2: It's very bizarre. Oh, no. That sounded like it was out of a <laughs> Scooby-Doo episode. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Ooh>? <laughs> Either that, that or Home Improvement. Read. That was very accurate.
2: <laughs> oh, no. Um, but... G- g- Just smaller sidebar. Can I just say ghosts are incredibly rude in D anD. I'm pretty sure every single one of them was like one of those airport Karens because like they can they can possess you with like I think it's like a DC 15 Wisdom save out of my space, Ghost Karen. I'm saying, and then you can't get them out. Like the only way to get them out is to go unconscious, pretty much. Like they just don't leave. I
0: I'm. I want to put a ghost Karen in a game so bad, and just have her be like, "Can I speak to your manager?" And like she comes and possesses you. Uh, Okay, i sorry. We I got us so far off topic. Wait,
1: I have one more tangent though.
0: (laughs) Yes, please.
1: Why is it that Scrappy Doo can speak like a normal person, but Scrappy Doo cannot? Okay, it's bothered me forever. Better question.
2: (laughs) Better question in the Disney canon. Why can Goofy speak and walk around, but Pluto is somebody's pet?
0: Oh my God, yes!
2: That is, that is
0: like, that, okay, that's getting into territory that is, I don't know, what kind of, like, role-playing they're doing. It's not the D&D kind, which, hey, everyone- Does
1: Pluto have a safe word? Like, can he one day just, like, say red or pineapple and then start talking (laughs)
0: again? Like, like, what is happening? Pluto's a pup. Oh my God, we learned that. Pluto is just into pup play and it's actually just a, <laughs> it's just a guy under there. I mean, which is totally, i fully supportive I mean, of yeah, any. Yeah, I mean, if he's happy. All yeah, Okay. Yeah, if It's
1: consensual, sure.
2: Okay.
0: Anyway, anyway, I don't know if, if
2: I want it in kids' cartoons. Well, Whoa. to be fair. you're to bring the train back onto his tracks. <laughs> anyways. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway.
0: Uh, uh, the uh, train but, has crashed and burned at this yes, point. Yes, it has. So anyway, vicious mockery. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so- what what's our rulings, uh, Hunter? Let's start with you.
2: Yeah i I'd, I'd say I'd allow it, but I don't think that I. Hmm. I think if we're going strictly by the rules in the book, they'd be affected, uh, because there's there's not enough evidence to me to say that the book says definitely they cannot. But if I was running a game, I'd say you know absolutely, it only makes sense that they would not be affected. Hmm. you know so
0: you're okay so you're going with that they they would be affected by vicious mockery okay anna what about you
1: i'm gonna go with what i initially thought which was that they can't hear so they won't be affected by vicious mockery but it's dm discretion if they want to allow it and say this one gelatinous cube can hear you um but no my, my ruling is that they it does not affect them joe
0: I really want to like have a different opinion, so we have a plurality. <laughs> um, I'm Let me gonna take s- the fall. <laughs> um, I you, I I agree with both of you, so I'm going <laughs> to concur in part on both, and not join. Can I just not join? Is so this we is- don't
1: we don't have a we. They're both. A majority. I'm I'm a gonna I,
0: no. I'll rule. That's such a. I hate when judges. Abst- <laughs> I abstain. Um, usually for like good reasons but um i will say you know i kind of agree with hunter that there's not enough evidence specifically like because you can be immune from deafness it doesn't mean that you yourself are deaf Right. right yeah there you go okay i'm gonna say due to the lack of textual evidence to support the notion that that oozes and cubes definitely cannot hear. I'm going to have to, I'm going to agree with Hunter on this one. Um, so Anna, this you're might be, be our, my first dissent. No, that can't be true. You've had to have dissented. You just and, haven't. And
1: honestly, I'm like halfway agreeing with you. So I'm just going to call right. it a concurrence and call it a day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Okay. There we go. The court has ruled.
2: Peer um, pressure wins again. Yeah. Peer pressure <laughs> wins again. All right. Okay.
0: Actually, so this, I was, for
1: considering what our next case is i like re-listened to the previous episode where we kind of talked about this topic Mm -hmm. and i think i did the same thing in that one where i was like you've convinced (laughs) me changed my (laughs) mind
0: (laughs) all right for our next case we have star druids starry form chalice versus goodberry will the healing bonus from a circle of stars druids chalice form apply to the spell goodberry Okay, so Hunter,
2: you submitted
0: this question. Do you want to tell us sort of what?
2: Tell us why. So you're you're going to um, see the very young millennial in me right now, but I was scrolling TikTok, <laughs> and and I came across this like massive. I didn't know you
1: could scroll through discourse.
0: Clocks. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. Stop. Oh my god! Ow, ow! I need to make a wisdom saver. I'll take one d4 psychic damage.
2: Oh my hands. God, it's like an episode of Dungeons and Daddies.
0: <laughs> nope, just Dungeons and Dummies. <laughs> Ouch.
2: That's all of us included. So
1: okay. Oh, so I back on track.
2: <laughs> I was scrolling TikTok and there was huge discourse. Because this guy made the claim that you could cast the spell Goodberry, multi-class from Cleric of uh, Domain of Life and uh, Circle of Stars Druid, and basically do, you know, 10d8 plus 90 uh, healing with one Goodberry spell. And it turned into this big, long discourse, and a lot of name-calling was had. And of course, I abstained from commenting.
0: <laughs> but, and you came but, to the
2: proper forum. Absolutely. In which to resolve this like, Leave these disputes.
1: it to the fake courts to decide. Yeah.
2: Exactly. Where none of the backlash is going to come on to me. And... <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I found it really, really interesting to talk about because that would be game breaking if it was true goodberry being a first level spell you could just throw those out like candy and nobody's ever gonna have to cast cure wounds again cause it's better than cure wounds at first level you know so this is similar to a question that we
0: discussed in a previous episode where we talked about uh the shepherd druid's unicorn totem because that also gives a very similar healing buff. Um, but this one is slightly different. Um but I don't know that we considered the life domain cleric uh uh disciple was it what disciple of life or whatever uh the the first level ability to do extra healing. Um so yeah, okay, so Anna well I guess okay so Hunter you you heard this discourse what where do you land
2: I I land on a solid no I I don't think it does and I'm well, explain yourself one of yourself. the reasons I found it frustrating <laughs> is because I'm going to be parroting I'm going to be parroting your guest from episode nine please because do Phil was casting, great casting <laughs> casting Goodberry is well it's a totally different school of magic than other healing Um, other healing spells are either typically either evocation or necromancy are going to be your two spells that restore hit points to yourself or to other creatures right Mm -hmm. and good berry is a transmutation spell because the spell itself however you want to flavor it either conjures or turns something into berries so the spell itself does not do any kind of healing magic the spell itself is simply a a summoning spell for these berries.
0: Yeah. So. No, I so I agree with you Hunter and so I I wanted to like be thorough um and and really look through um okay, what, you know, like uh, what does it say about the the life cleric has there been a ruling on this already? And um so I looked at the uh sage advice compendium um Uh, Which is sort of like a a culmination of all of the sage advice topics um, that's put into a happy little document. And on page 17, it says... Uh, They pose this question. If I'm a cleric slash druid with the Disciple of Life feature, does the Goodberry spell benefit from this feature? And the Sage Advice column says, yes, the Disciple of Life feature would make each berry restore four hit points instead of one, assuming you cast Goodberry with the first level spell slot. What do you guys think of that?
1: I mean, my opinion last time was also that it did. So... I, I think that I agree.
2: Okay. Hunter? I, I have seen that actually exact same, and I, I'm still going to say no. <laughs> and it's paper-thin difference, <laughs> but the chalice form language says that if you cast a spell using a spell slot that restores hit points, so the spell slot itself has to be the thing used to restore hit points. Based on the language of that spell. And the language, that exact same language, is used in the uh, Circle unicorn of Shepherd. Totem. Yeah, the Unicorn yeah. Totem. Mm-hmm. But the Life Domain uses slightly different wording. It says, whenever you use a spell of first level or higher to restore hit points to a creature. right? And to me, that implies that it's not the casting that's required for the use. It's the whatever the spell does. That's why the Life Domain works... With something like Goodberry, whereas the Chalice form or the Unicorn Shepherd would not.
0: I so I actually one hundred percent agree with you, Hunter. So, um, I think you picked up on exactly the the language difference that convinces me that Disciple of Life would work with Goodberry. So it says your healing spells are more effective. So this is the life cleric, first level disciple of life ability. Whenever you use a spell, a first level or higher to restore hit points, use a spell to restore hit points, not cast, but use. I now, do I think that this is necessarily some sort of like, Oh, like meaningful difference? No, I think that the drafters of this just weren't thinking about it and weren't thinking about people choosing to multiclass. Um, but, they kind of backed themselves into a corner, I think, a little bit, um, and now they've made Goodberry like way more powerful than it should be. Because if you are a first level uh, cleric, then you cast Goodberry. That's one point times ten, so that's ten points. That then an additional two, that's thirty points. Plus the spell's level, if you cast it at first level, that's forty points of healing max healing from a first level spell so you could just consume all of those good berries in one go unless your your dm forces you to do one at a time um but that is a massive amount of healing
1: okay can i go
0: yeah oh yeah sorry yes anna
1: this is why i disagree with you two and why i agree with what's going on okay if we look at the language of chalice right it doesn't say when you you when you cast a spell using a spell slot to restore hit points. It says that restores hit points. Okay? Which implies that as a consequence of using that spell using a spell slot, it restored hit points. Does Goodberry use a spell slot? Yes, it does. Is it a spell that you cast? Yes, it does. Does that spell restore hit points as a consequence <laughs> of casting the spell? Yes it does. Therefore no it chalice not no restores doesn't. hit points and that is why you Closing can absolutely arguments. use Goodberry. <laughs> Do you disagree that the language that says that instead of two?
0: No, no, no. I agree with you, but I disagree. This is the same discussion we had when, when Phil was on. I disagree that Goodberry, Goodberry, is a spell that restores hit points. Goodberry is a spell that creates good berries. Good berries restore hit points. There's an extra step in that puzzle. Whereas cure wounds, healing word, yada, 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 are something that instantly restores hit points. Good berry is not. Good berry makes a little berry, and you have to take your action or whatever interaction to consume it. You have to do something extra in order to gain the benefit of those hit points. Yeah,
1: I feel like that was the same discussion we had last time. And I think I still (laughs) fall on, on on the end of, if you cast good berry in the middle of a battle, you're doing it with the intention of restoring someone's hit points. And if that is the intention, and consuming a good berry restores a hit point, then the unicorn totems and the chalices of the world all applied. And- now would you
0: Okay, so so let's sorry. Okay, let's let's take this a little bit further. So, okay, you're you're in the middle, you're a shepherd druid, you have your unicorn totem up. You cast goodberry are you going to allow every time someone consumes it and actually does restore hit points because the condition hasn't been met yet, right? So until they eat it, it doesn't restore any hit points. So would you say that the, that unicorn totem buff applies to every time one is consumed? Yes. Whoa. All right. Well, you're way more generous than I am, <laughs> which I'm fine with. I mean, I'm going to play a druid in your campaign. Yeah, you are. And I'm <laughs> going to take the spell. I'm...
1: <laughs> and I'll allow it. That's where we fall. I guess I did dissent one time. Yeah. (laughs) Here's the evidence.
2: (laughs) All I will say is, Joe, I feel... I feel scared for the power of the monsters she's throwing at you and <laughs> she's allowing such powerful healing.
0: You've already said wow. in the last episode, you're like, we're going to throw challenge rating 16 monsters at this group of five, fifth level players. I'm <laughs> like, we're going to kill all of these first time players. <laughs> it's
1: going to be a, like a one shot. So I don't really care if you guys all die. That'll be hilarious.
2: <laughs> That's what it is. I'm, I'm having to plan an <laughs> epic level one shot right now. And I'm like, am I doing too much? And I, I feel like, uh, oh, what's his name? The, the businessman from the Simpsons who am like, who's like, Mr. Burns, I- Mr. Burns. Yeah. It's like, am I? No, the, uh, the I guess the mayor or something. Who's like, Quimby? am I, am I, did I make a mistake? No, it's the children who are wrong. <laughs> it's like, that's how I feel. Cause I'm having to talk myself out of being like, are they too weak? No, no tactics will save them. Or whatever. <laughs>
1: If they're smart about it, they'll be fine.
2: Yeah, blame it
0: all on the players. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. hundred percent. Well,
0: so I know where I stand. I stand on the side of logic and reason. <laughs> um, <so. laughs>
1: I stand on the side of the people that wrote the sage advice, right? So
0: <laughs> no, because whatever. Uh, I do think it's it, this is definitely not a super clear-cut issue and I'm not sure why they've yet to address this. The the Sage Advice Compendium was compiled in 2020 and they like both Xanathar's and now Tashas have come out s- since or or like came out at least by 2020 so like update it, address this question yeah for us so that we can provide some more guidance
2: yeah because circle Um, of the stars has been published right it's not ua anymore nope so i i don't know i i think clarity would be important because it's these hairpin issues that can make or break a session you know yeah all right
0: so i rule i'm gonna rule that disciple of life would work with goodberry but neither chalice um nor the unicorn totem would hunter
2: I, oh, actually, wait, let's
0: I, let us let Hunter be the, the deciding vote. So, Anna.
1: We already know which way he's deciding. Okay, I dissent <laughs> with you, and I think that Goodberry works with Unicorn and Chalice and whatever the fuck else you want it to work with, because Goodberry's amazing. Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, i Hunter. I'm going to take my own opinion out of this. We're just going to roll and say Joes are even Anna's odds. No, you
0: had such a strong opinion <laughs> on this.
2: <laughs> I love this. I'm, I'm joking okay i i rolled and got an eight but i was gonna agree with yeah. Joe anyway i'm sorry
1: yeah. majority okay. you're allowed to have your own opinions that's what this I mean, show's about
2: right here's and what i'm else.
1: allowed to edit everything out of it because that's what my show's about so. but anna doesn't edit <laughs> i know the i don't i don't do that
0: <laughs> um no but i think i do think like this is like this is teasing out Such this is the most nitty gritty issue I think that we've addressed probably on the show. Um, so so it's great for our season finale. Um, but uh, yeah, so the 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 yays have it. Nope, that doesn't make sense. The Mm -hmm. uh, the majority opinion is that the
1: naysayers have it more like it.
0: The the believers the fun police wins again. The fun police win again. (laughs) Case closed. You cannot use good berry and gain the bonus of you can do what you want okay Okay.
1: we're not actually any kind of authority
0: i i feel assaulted right now (laughs) stop aggressing i feel attacked all right well guess what hunter you are joining us for the first ever officially named it's been named now i can't do a drum roll anna do you want (laughs) to This is going to be a nightmare for our editing.
1: We're both, we're both gonna drum roll. Okay, it's chamber chat. Oh, hey, yeah. I love that.
0: Yes, yeah. Anna came up with it originally. I and did, that's what we and we put it.
1: it to a vote, and all six votes that we received, <laughs> and it turned out that chamber chat won. So.
2: Oh, I love that so much. We that's really such great a presents. better name than anything I could have come up with. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, now we have to all take our clothes off because that's the rule. Oh, yeah. Allow me to disrobe. Hold on. Yeah. Please, please do. I love that he's like shuffling and moving. (laughs) Woo. Um, All right. So Hunter, you submitted this discussion question for us. So um, the question is, should there be universal boundaries at a table or certain things that should never be included in your story or game? So where did this question come from?
2: So, this was actually a Twitter argument that I got into a little bit, because me being the uh, obviously combative person that I am, um, <laughs> basically this came out of, um, and not to get too heavy, so I'll just touch lightly on things, this came out of a a whole um, controversy surrounding uh, Far Verona and uh, a gentleman named Adam Coble, um, who... Played out a scene of sexual assault against one of his players in a live stream. Oh wow! And so, okay, Claire, for our listeners, is Farver on a live play? It was, Shh. got canceled. Oh my um, God. but okay. it, I will not try to describe what happened. Sure. If you would like to seek it out, uh, fair game to you. Uh, but that got me thinking about, you know, what are some things that I would never allow in my game that if I noticed it happening, I would just call full stop. Mm-hmm. And that kind of situation was one of them, a, a situation of, of assault. Um, so so fa- fair to say, a lot just, of thoughts on it, yeah. So but... fair
0: to say, just trigger warning. We'll discuss to the extent that we do, we'll put this in the podcast, but we'll likely touch upon issues of sexual assault and, and deep topics uh, for this discussion. But I think it's yeah. an important one to have. So,
2: Absolutely. Um, So just to expand on my own thoughts on it, sexual assault is something I will never include in my games. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Bar none. Uh, Personally, this is probably my strongest opinion about the TTRPG space. I don't believe they should ever be included in a game. Um, Be that backstory or dramatic element or plot device, I don't think it has a place at a table. Uh, Violence is one thing pain is another even something so far as as you know scenes of of torture are one thing but completely robbing a player of agency on something that's so personal and uh close to to the emotional core of a person i think is uh awful i think it has no place at a table personally Um, So that's a universal boundary for me that I don't think anybody should ever include at their table. Sure.
0: I know. Well, maybe, I mean, we can, we can sort of break this into like specific issues. I mean, and, and again, like this is a deep conversation, but um, I think it's an important one to have. Do you have specific thoughts on, on that issue too?
1: First of all, I, I completely agree with Hunter. I think like sexual assault, anything of that nature that's a hard line in the sand. Like that's, it. it's never going to happen at my table. And if it happened at a table that I was a player in, I would likely leave the game, mm-hmm. you know? Um, worse would be if the DM just like gave us no warning at all mm-hmm. or didn't talk to us beforehand. And, and like sexual assault, something like that, the DM can talk until he's blue in the face or she's blue in the face. And I'm never going to be comfortable with something like that at the table that I'm playing at. That's not why I play D and mm-hmm. I mean, I, I do it because, you know, role playing, it, it can be fun and it can also be serious. And I, I play f- as much for those serious moments as I do for like the jokey ones. But there are some things that just, they don't belong in a game like this. Um, and they don't belong in a community like this. So absolutely. It would be a hard line for me. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously there's other topics where I would appreciate a discussion before it was done. Right. And we kind of touched on that a little bit in a previous episode where we talked about like sexually explicit content or like a relationship or like describing, you know, like sexually explicit content, stuff like that. Just having the discussion with all of the players at the table to say, is everyone okay with this? Is everyone on board? You don't have to participate. You can just listen to it or whatever. But if anybody at the table is not comfortable, like don't have it in your game. Just don't. Um, there is no point to a wow factor when you're like six people sitting in somebody's house playing a TTRPG. And you're friends, just, right? Exactly. Okay. Hopefully, right? Like they're your friends. And then <laughs> you're doing this either as a player or as a DM because you want everybody to enjoy themselves. Right. So there's just no point in doing something like that. So I don't know, Joe, what are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, I, I uh, with maybe a, a little exception that I'll talk about, I wholly agree. Um, I think the reason why it's sort of, it seems so bizarre to us that, like, we're talking a ga- about a game where you constantly murder people. Like, okay, what does sexual assault add that makes it so off topic or, or taboo? And I think... It's simple. I mean, in our world, sexual assault is about a power dynamic because it's almost always levied in one direction against certain groups of people. Not always, but almost always. And if you're incorporating that into your world, then you're incorporating those same dynamics into your world. And what does that say to your players at the table, right? I, I, I so I, I just don't think that it. I, I agree. I, I wouldn't. I would never, as a DM, let role play around that topic or have it be a part of my storyline or anything like that. The I one will, oh sorry Anna. Sorry Joe. I will say
1: that if a character like if a person decided that they wanted something like that to be part of their backstory and that was like some sort of like motivation for them, um, and that that person like felt comfortable doing something like that. And maybe it was almost like a processing thing for right. them or like a therapy thing for them to do that. um, That would be a conversation that I would have. Absolutely. But, but yeah, I'm with you. It's never going to happen at the table.
0: Yeah. And I was just basically just about to go there. And even then it's like, so if a, if a character really wanted to have that if a player wanted to have their character have that as part of their backstory and i could tell it's something personal for them that even if we never brought it up in game right even if the other players never knew that that was Mm -hmm. something this character experienced if it helped that player reach a place in role-playing emotionally that they felt they needed or or that that would that would be driving for them then like anna said it would be A massive discussion, first of all, because I still think, you know, okay, that's great for you. But what about everyone else? And I I probably would say, like, okay, that can be in your backstory, it's not going to come up. And if it does by chance like if you divulge it then we're going to have to have a conversation with everyone at the table because i don't want anyone to feel uncomfortable right that's the whole point is so i want you to be comfortable and you to feel empowered but i do not want anyone else because maybe there's someone at the table who had an experience like that and isn't empowered by this or or feel or just doesn't want to be around that content
2: yeah and obviously always have discussions in your players whenever something like this comes up but um if something like this is part of a player's backstory there is a very good chance over the like over the course of a long-form campaign that eventually it will come to a point where confronting the aggressor is a question that you need to Answer, and that's where you start getting into some of the more difficult elements of having that in the backstory. Sure. So it's a it's a balancing act. Um, I I agree if that player feels empowered and and they're comfortable with that, even if it's never brought up at the table, okay. Um, but scenes involving it, like like I said, confronting the aggressor or <laughs> a flashback or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, I think are just... There's no good way to handle that on the tabletop. Uh, at least not one that I can think of. Sure. You know? Yep. So that's that's where I stand on that. Um, if yeah. you don't mind me asking a, a follow-up question, maybe for further discussion, this is something that was asked to me and I didn't really know how to answer it. But somebody challenged me with okay, but what if you have a discussion with your entire table and everybody, including you, is comfortable with including this content? And my gut reaction was, hell no anyways. But uh, none of us are, right? So, <laughs> but, Yeah, but none of us right. are. And so I, I haven't been able to come up with a good yeah. thought on that.
1: I struggle with that. I really struggle with that because to one extent, I'm like, I guess go play your game like <laughs> I'm it's not a, I'm not affected by it or whatever sure. and, but right. on the other hand I'm like how are you treating it like are you taking it seriously are you treating this yeah. situation with respect because then at that point are we just like encouraging some like toxic masculinity or something exactly like mm-hmm. just uh, a casual acceptance of this kind of behavior because we just roll it into a game that we were playing I I Right. i it's, you safe, know, it's safe I'm so to uncomfortable s- to say, like, just do whatever you want if it's not affecting me because I have empathy. So no. Sure.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, like, I th- it's safe to say that like if that's a question if that's a if that's something that comes up with a group, that group has bigger issues yes. than like just yeah. this. They're probably groups that like that that their games are probably homophobic. Their games are probably extremely sexist. Like they probably have a lot of other issues if they're all fine with including things like sexual assault as part of the game. You don't do mm-hmm. that as part of a game. So, right. um, I mean, I, I people can feel free to disagree, obviously, but um, it's when it comes to role-playing, it's just something that requires you to dig so deep into your own experience and emotion. And that, like I said, there's power dynamics in, in there, and it's just content that doesn't need to be in this game we have enough of it unfortunately in this world and we don't need to bring it into a game and i think if if that group is okay with it that group needs to all think internally and have some like introspection Mm -hmm. about their beliefs and ideas and maybe they'll come to a different conclusion after that or not and then you don't play with those people
1: (laughs) Maybe they should yeah. invite a woman to play with them.
0: <laughs> oh, I feel bad for that woman, but sure. Instead, yeah. they should live stream one of their games and then have the internet tear them Just down. Just have
1: the internet hate yeah. change their views. Yeah. So that's work.
2: Sexualized, sexualized content, mm-hmm. a little bit of backstory. I, I grew up in a, a Baptist church, pretty much. <laughs>
0: Gonna say, and, I grew up and in like, the porn industry and or like something. the Westboro kind, or... <laughs> yeah. It was like boogie nights every day, <laughs> but <laughs> wait, wait, sorry. So, you grew up in a Baptist church,
2: yes. Said, I grew okay. up in a in a Baptist church, which is, if you know, for those of you that don't know, very traditional, right?
0: And um, no, Anna, that's pretty not. rigorous. I assume you it's not. Westboro is like its own. No, Crazy. no, no. Like an extreme subset yes. of... Yeah. okay,
2: Yeah, like the Baptist church has disavowed them in its entirety. Okay. Um, but out of the many good things and not so good things that I learned from that, uh, I've carried with me a phrase that one of my youth workers said to me. I can't remember the, the guy's name, but he was talking about nudity in movies. And he said, you know, if an actor is angry, I know that it's fake. If an actor gets violent, I know that it's scripted. But if an actor is naked on screen, they're actually naked and I'm actually looking at them. Right? And that was like he his line cuz he was like I can't justify a naked person being a fake naked person, you know. So I I translate that over into a lot of sexual content cuz I'm like, okay, violence is just violence. We're not actually being violent with one another, right? Anger is anger. We're not actually being angry with one another when we're role playing typically. But if we're being sexual with one another, sexual language is kind of that inherently personal back and forth between two people. And especially when it's, it's a situation like the one we've been discussing where Mm -hmm. somebody's agency is taking a backseat to the other's power And That's yeah. Even if An entire table consents to it, I agree there, there are bigger issues that we need to address with that Table than is everybody Comfortable with sexual assault Yeah,
0: And there are other topics too, another big One that I will not have in my game, laughter <laughs> <laughs> You guys took way too long To laugh because at Because I was like,
1: yep, yep, that's I'm, true I- he does not like it when we
0: laugh. Just got to lighten the mood a little bit. Okay. No, but, but actually this is one that I struggle with a lot because I think that uh, I understand. Okay. So racism in games. Mm. I, so I don't have game. Like I would never as a theme have racism based, like inter- interracial or is it intra is that's within racial disputes among species. So like human, like white and black humans, like racism between white and black humans, that doesn't exist in my games, but I think it can mm-hmm. be a useful narrative device. And we've talked about this a little bit to have like speciesism, speciesism. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And, and I think that there's a lot of, there are some people who even agree that like, it's fine. Like, like no, like race is the right, Term to use? Yeah, I dis I disagree. I I think w- in D D we have species. I mean, they're just so different. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that like, if anything, it's it's a way to break to actually like break down barriers and whatnot in our own world by by including these little things and giving people access to a storyline where they find out. Wait a minute, the drow isn't evil and and i mm-hmm. always do that in my games like in, in my world i don't follow the the dnd canon um you'll come across creatures like i have a whole city of drow that actually live above ground but it's in like an arctic area where there's not a lot of sunlight and they're not evil like i i, mm-hmm. I just don't have that but but i still think it's interesting to explore those like sort of inherent primal like you look scary I don't like you. And then, and then, well, wait a minute. Maybe that person actually isn't bad. And all the evil people tend to be humans in my game.
2: (laughs) So what do you guys think about that? And
0: look kind of like Mitch McConnell.
2: (laughs) Wait, I thought you said they were human, not gelatinous.
0: (laughs) Damn it, guys. You spoiled the big bad in my campaign. Sorry, Anna.
2: It's Mitch McConnell. It's okay. Just make it Rand Paul and you'll be good. (laughs) Anyways. there's still a lindsey graham yet another oh! there is still a lindsey graham in the world oh god oh man josh Hawley could be in there too okay we could Anyways. keep going anyway <laughs> but so, Hunter, I, I, thoughts? so my um world that i'm playing my characters through right now is based on like pre-revolution france like the the um social climate leading up to the french revolution right Uh, which was like poverty the risk of war and class warfare right and so the way that i kind of upped that and made it a little bit more fantasy is that the king dies and his son turns out to go like full andrew johnson on the country and just be super like oh if you're not elf half elf or human we're gonna call you minor like a minor race essentially and he's very clearly played up to be the villain the bad guy this is evil but over the course of even just they're only level six right now they've already met people of all D races who have been super chill or super cool or just afraid of the government coming down on them and they've also met elves half elves and humans who have been on both sides of the aisle of yes i like this new power dynamic that we're in and no this is kind of fucked up and i'm uncomfortable with it mm-hmm. so i think it's important and, and to your point joe there aren't bad races only bad people right i think is is an important thing to play in D D, right and that's a theme that I think is worthy of being explored um, if you show the proper respect to it. Um, and, you know, I've, I've got people of color playing in my game. I've got women playing in my game. I've got um, LGBT icons playing in my game. Um, is and- Elton John
0: in your game? <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know what? I can put on some colored glasses and dress a little funny and... Yeah, I don't stand, but I could... I'm still sitting. <laughs> but... <laughs> oh, that was bad. I'm sorry.
1: Oh, you Joe, should be Joe a little pa- bit ashamed, but also a little bit proud. <laughs> <laughs> but uh,
2: but I, I think that's a topic worthy of being explored because it doesn't take agency away from your players on that personal level, you know? Um and I think that's probably the most important thing. Is it's like the players have the ability to stand up to that that oppressive power. Mm-hmm. If you're exploring themes of racism in D anD d, where they wouldn't in certain other situations. Sure. So I, I think that's a an important and you know worthwhile theme to explore. Definitely.
1: I'll be honest. I am 100 supportive of using D anD D. To promote my liberal agenda. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, not, I, and I, I feel like that's a little bit like what, what you do, Joe. And like, of what, course. I, I mean, you know, and that's kind of what I want to do at my table. Like, I want to be able to have like stereotypes or whatever and then break them down and then mm-hmm. have people ashamed of the assumptions <laughs> that they were making and shame my players just a little bit I love that. um and you know talk about inclusivity and talk about like celebrating differences versus trying to say we're all just the same like because we're not and it does that's good <laughs> thank mm-hmm. god um and i i think that there could be no better forum to like test and push those boundaries than something like D and D where you don't, you don't, it doesn't have to literally be about skin color, right? Right. It can be about the species and then they act Mm -hmm. as a metaphor, which makes it an easier pill to swallow. Right. But like the perfect transference of a metaphor, the perfect way to get people to like break down these preconceived notions to yeah. break down the way that they're viewing a world mm-hmm. you're literally building an entirely new world and i want to build it to be like if we work if we work hard what could the ideal world look like and it, that's yeah. what
0: i want to do yeah <laughs> and you know anna you're kind of making the argument right now which is hilarious of why we should play dnd with like Lindsey Graham, Mitch McConnell, <laughs> because <laughs> we're saying we could teach them through D&D. <laughs>
1: Honestly, like if they came to me and were like, I want to play this, mm-hmm. despite the fact that I would be disgusted, like sharing a table with them or putting any amount of effort into doing anything like that for them, mm-hmm. I would probably think about it because I'm like, could this be the you know vessel or the weapon that we have to actually change their perspective about anything. Yeah. Some people mm-hmm. are just too far gone, I'm sorry. And those people are probably a little bit too far gone to change their mind through right. through D. But uh for the rest of us there's hope. And oh. um I'm gonna use every, you know, weapon in my armor <laughs> to, to try and like change the world for the better just a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And and D D at the end of the day is art in some form, right? And art is a reflection and commentary on the world around it. So your D&D game doesn't need to be this sweeping orchestral masterwork of, you know, social commentary. It can just be, hey, these are my issues reflected in whatever I'm doing. I had uh, an entire character devoted to exploring my own themes of, you know, doubt in the systems of religion that i was raised in and through the course of that you know i was able to explore my own views on the world and, and my own changing ideas on faith and it was therapeutic for me and i think that it's important to have D, if not address those things directly at least have the capacity to do so
0: yeah i think and i think you like you you really sort of hit the nail on the head with why the race issue is is an easier pill to swallow at least in the context of how D defines races is, is because it's a step removed right like you could if you wanted to have a metaphor for something like sexual assault but have it be something else entirely Maybe that might work. I don't know what that is right now off the top of my mm-hmm. head. But here in the game, we're using species as a way to address real world issues of racism, potentially, right? If that's a theme in your game. Um, but it's it's not targeted at actual real life races. You know what I mean? So, so yeah. like you could have a, a table filled with a racially diverse group and... None of them would feel like they would un- maybe have empathy, right. And understand oppression, but they wouldn't feel personally attacked because none of them are dragonborn, or at least I assume not. If you, if you have dragonborn mm-hmm. at your table,
2: Hey, sign now me Please up. come play D D with me. Right. right? Exactly.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. But I think like in general, when we talk about these really like deep topics and like, it can be something that you may not even think of like i play in a game with someone who is a disabled vet um, and is like very open about that and i um and i approached them and said hey like so i just want to talk to you i know that you were a combat veteran there's going to be themes of war there's going to be themes of this like are you okay with all that stuff? And then like, we had a conversation about it. And I think that that's just a really important thing. It's like, know your players, right? Like D and is not just, you know, shoots and ladders, right? It's, it's a really yeah. intense game with a story that you as the GM have so much control over. And with great power comes great responsibility. 100%. <laughs> well, no, like
1: 98%. I don't know what that last <laughs> word was. <laughs> No, you're, you're totally right, Joe. I think right, that's Joe. what
2: that
1: last word was. <laughs> <laughs> I, I completely agree with you. It's like playing D&D, and I think I've said this earlier in this episode, it can be like a form of therapy almost, mm. right? Like this mm. is how I process the world around me. This is how I process something bad that's happened to me. Maybe I use it as an outlet. Maybe I use it as escapism, whatever. But it's like something that something that goes way beyond like sitting down to play Monopoly. So I think that we should be striving to make that like the, the best experience for the people at the table, not just that they have the most fun, but they like get the most out of it. And sometimes Mm. that can be a really good time. And sometimes that can be a lesson.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, Hunter, I cannot think of someone better that I would have wanted to have this conversation with. Yes. Um, and I cannot think of someone better that I would have w- wanted for our last episode of the season. Yeah. So thank you so much. Um, and thank you for submitting these questions. Yeah. Thank you for talking with us today yeah. and being here and making
1: time for us. We we just love having you on. Yeah. Um, And yeah, hopefully you'll join us next season too.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Anytime you guys want to invite me, I am more than happy to be here. You're, you're too nice to me. My heart's all warm and fuzzy now. Impossible. Impossible. Do you want to plug anything Hunter? Uh, sure. I'd love to plug some things. Um, well, I'll just plug my Twitter. Um, I have a couple of projects. (laughs) I have a couple of projects coming out and they're all going to be announced through my Twitter in due time. Um, I am currently, I have a lot more work than I realized a week ago, but I'm currently <laughs> working on a uh, D&D 5e hack for the Naruto anime and universe mm. that is coming along very well. I'm That epic level campaign that I mentioned is a play test of it at high levels. Um, so we're going to see how that works and, you know. God only knows how long (laughs) tweaking, touching up, and formatting is going to take, and it's making me cry on the inside just thinking about it. Uh, But that will be announced on my Twitter at twitter.com slash skunkasaurus, S-K-U-N-K-O-S-O-U-R-O-U-S. It took way too long for me to learn how to say that quickly, but you can follow me on there.
1: And we will definitely tag you when we post our episode so listeners can find you very easily
0: wonderful <sighs> well it's sad to me to say that that this is the end of the season but i'm so excited for all the exciting things happening this yes. summer and great yeah stay tuned everyone we'll be we'll still be active on social media we'll please and please send us all your questions we want all the questions you find while you're playing this summer send them to us if you get into disputes at the table send them we want to hear the arguments you're having so we can resolve them
1: absolutely and remember that if you're one of the people that sends us a question you may be one of the (sighs) cool people that joins us on an episode so
0: (laughs) bye everyone bye bye
2: bye
1: Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, the honorable Chief Justices Joe and Anna and Associate Jester Justice. Oh, damn it. I'm going <laughs> okay.
2: Associate Jester. Just-er. You know what? I'm here for it. <laughs> Critical role is coming to a, a close tonight. I'll be Associate <laughs> Jester. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> Trying again. Okay.